don't walk away. I said, I need 12 disciples. <laughs> they all left me. All right, here comes a disciple. All right, I need to come, get you a seat, boys. Get you a seat there. I need 12 disciples. There you go. All right, so why don't you grab that? Grab, well, just all right, anywhere right there. All right, and they need, uh, right, boy, we about got them. We got one right here and a seat right there. All right. No, we got, need one more. Need one more. No, need one more disciple. Come on up here, buddy. Get up there. All righty. Now, you got your Bible. Can y'all hear me all right? Because we had to move the pulpit a little bit. I don't like moving the pulpit to church, but in this situation today, I, I forgot something. Y'all sitting there without paddles. That don't work. Go get you some paddles there, would you, boys? All righty. They, they went for that, amen. They went for that. All righty. They went for that. Uh, you got your Bibles open to Mark uh, chapter 6 today. How many's got it there? Say amen. amen. And they're going to put that up on the wall too. And uh, so if you didn't happen to bring a Bible, well, you'll be all right. And uh, you can look over and read to somebody or you can read it out up here. I want you to go down to verse number 45, boys. Verse number 45 in the book of Mark chapter 6. And everybody needs a paddle. Everybody needs a paddle. All right, boy. I appreciate all the donations. I've got all kinds of paddles here. Um, we could have more than 12 disciples, but for the sake of the message today now, uh, guys, I hope you're in good shape and well fit and stout today. You, are you okay? All righty. Uh, I tell you what, I appreciate everybody being here today, but I've got a message to preach. I've got to get right into it and keep rolling, and, and I know you want me to, so we'll just do that today. Lord, we need your help today as we preach, and Lord, I pray right now that anything in our mind or heart or soul or spirit that would grieve the Holy Ghost, I pray, Lord, forgive us of it and cleanse us of it and help us get rid of it right now. All across this church, from the front to the back, the side to side, God, I pray, Holy Ghost, that you would just move among us and remove anything that might grieve and quench the Holy Spirit of God, uh, Lord, that would not, so that things won't be hindered. And I, Lord, I pray today that you help me preach clear and concise and, and to where a child can understand what's going on here today. Lord, I pray that in the end you'll be glorified. As, Lord, we look at this thing of the church today, and, Lord, what you've showed us from the Word of God. And, Lord, I want to thank you so much, Lord, for the Bible. What a blessing, Lord, it is to have a book that's eternal, that has life in it. And God just issues and pours out the water of life to us. God, I pray today for every home and marriage and family in this church. I pray, God, today that you'll give us strong marriages. And let there be no divorces, God, in our church, I pray. And, oh, God, I pray for our children that their hearts will be turned to their daddies and their daddies' hearts turned to them. And as a result of that, God, their heart will be turned to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to thank you, God, for saving me and out of the mire and the pit of a vile, wicked, satanic life. I praise your holy name and bless it forever. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So uh, we're going to preach today <clears throat> out of the book of Mark chapter 6. And the Bible said he constrained his disciples to get into the ship. Now, as a preface to this, just before this, Jesus had fed the 5,000 people there and so forth with five little fishes and two loaves or five loaves and two fishes. And uh, you can look at that in verse number, actually verse 32 through 44, it gives you that of the 5,000 that were fed there. And uh, so they were having a great service. It's kind of like a big old camp meeting. Can you imagine 5,000 there? And they're all getting hush puppies and, and, and suckers. And boy, I mean, tell you what, it, it, I don't know, I don't, that probably wasn't it, but he fed them. And they had a great time. 
And, but you know, every time you have a great time, the Lord, old devil tries to slip in and give you trouble. Amen. He don't want you enjoying things. So watch out when you're high and having a big time in Christ. Watch out for the devil kind of come, coming in on you. But uh, we find out that as we go after this thing's over, look, verse 45, and straightway, he constrained his disciples to get into the ship. Now, this is, of course, on the shores of Galilee, where Jesus' ministry was there. And he said to go to the other side. I want you to underline some things. I want you to underline the word straightway. I want you to underline the word constrained. And then I want you to underline get into the ship. And then I want you to underline go to the other side. There's a lot there. And uh, it says there before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. You know, he said, I don't want you hanging around this camp meeting. He said, we've had a great time in God. So I want you to go do something now with what you got. That's what God wants you day after you get out of church today. He just don't want you to soak it up and eat the hush puppies and the fish. He wants you to go do something with what you got. And so he sent these men out there. And the Bible said in verse 46, And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. Verse 48, And he saw them, underline that, he saw them toiling in rowing. I want to preach today on the subject of toiling in rowing. Toiling in rowing. And the Bible said there, uh, in that uh, verse, he said, The wind was contrary unto them, and about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out. For they all saw him, and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them, and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Verse 51, He went up unto them on the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Verse 53, And when they had passed over, they came in the land of Genesaret and drew to the shore. And when they were come out of the ship, straightway they knew him and ran through the whole region round about. I want you to get this scene in your eyes. They land up on the shores here and people see Christ and his disciples and they word flies and they start bringing people in that need desperately need a touch from God. And it said that they ran the whole region round about and began to carry in beds those that were sick where they heard where, where they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were, but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. Now, I want to just give it in the way of introduction here today. As I said, they had a great service. But after this service, these disciples went into a great trial. Did you know the more you go on with God and the greater God things God, the more the heavier, if you're old, live long enough in, in Christ, your trials will get greater as the years go by. But also they had a great truth that they learned while they were going through the great trial. And that's what we're going to preach on today is the great truth that we can learn going through great trials. But we're also going to see a great triumph. And I want to give you just the, the uh, 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 foreshadowing here or the typology that's in here, the, the undercurrent. This is a picture of when he told the disciples, he said, I want you to get in the ship. And he says, once you go to the other side, it's a picture of the believers in the church or a church of believers being sent out to do the work of God after he has equipped them to do that. So they're being sent out and this boat is a picture of the church. In fact, the Bible often has the, the church pictured as a ship or as a boat. In the book of Acts chapter 27, that great storm Eurocalyan came. And the Bible says there that there's a statement made. Paul told them, except you stay in the boat, you're not going to make it. 
Now I want you to listen to me. The boat is a picture of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now it's a picture of Jesus. What did he do? He went up into the mountain to pray. That is a picture that after he ascended to heaven, he is seated to right hand the Father and ever lives to make intercession for us while he has sent us out on the journey. Okay? Everybody get in the picture here. But it's not only that, there's a picture of his second coming. Because in the fourth watch of the night, who shows up? Jesus Christ shows up. But it's also a picture of the millennial reign, the thousand year reign, because it's in the millennial kingdom where Jesus, you see, will we'll heal and do the kingdom signs. We're living in the church age. It's not a time of touching people and healing them and all that kind of stuff. I don't care what anybody's told you, that is not true. The kingdom has signs, and that's when Jesus came, they wondered it, and he healed up, and he presented himself as the king for the kingdom, but was rejected. Now it's the church age, but this here's teaching you there'll be a time when Jesus comes back in the thousand your reign. We'll have a great physician. And those people who came, but I don't want to go all into that right now. But as I said, it's a picture of the church. So listen to me that whenever God sends us out, he gives us, first of all, a destination. Why don't you get that down? We are sent by Jesus. And he said there in that passage of scripture, he said straightway, he constrained his disciples. He said, boy, by the way, I want to know something. Who's Peter? Who wants to be Peter? Anybody want to be Peter? You going to be Peter? All right, you'll be Peter. You're James. James. You're John. You're Andrew. You're, I don't even know all these guys. Philip. Philip. That worked, won't it? Bartholomew. You remember that? Matthew. Thomas. James. Thaddeus. Simon. Sorry, Judas. <laughs> that was a below blow, wasn't it, Weston? All righty. But I want to tell you, aren't you glad that when God said, what are we here for this morning? We said, well, I came to worship. To be honest with you, yes, we did come to worship, but there's a lot more than that. God wants to equip the church to be sent out to a lost and dying world. In fact, in the Bible, the word seas, the issue of seas is a picture of the lost world. The wicked are like the sea when it puts up the grime and the dirt and so forth. And seas are a picture of the lost world. Jesus tells his disciples, I want you to get in the boat. I want you to go to the other side. I've got a destination for you. And he said... And I want you to go, go over there. Now, how are you guys sitting here? You've just been put in the boat. Jesus just told you guys, get in the boat. You've obeyed that much. Now, what are you going to do? Huh? Row, row, row your boat. Are you going to row your boat? Now, I'm telling you something. I'm going to be like Jesus. Right, here, you got two paddles. You'll do good to do one. Amen? There's a spiritual lesson there. All righty. Now, row your boat. Now, but Jesus said he saw them toiling in rowing. How many's having fun? Y'all having fun? I can promise you this. The fun, how many's ever took your girlfriend or your wife, you know, when you was young down to the creek and you went for a 14 mile trip and she wouldn't paddle and you paddled the whole way and you didn't get in the Anyway, I won't go there. But you're rowing your boat. Now just keep rowing. Okay. You have a command, get in the boat. You got in the boat. God says, go to the other side. You got to row to get there. He said, I saw him toiling and rowing. Boy, it's a blast, ain't it, boys? <laughs> Having a lot of fun. Well, let me tell you that when God sends somebody out on the ship to, to do his work, he also makes provision for them. I'm going to tell you something. They, when they send a ship out, they might have water and food and all the stuff people need and so forth. I'm glad when God sent me out, out into the boat of the ministry, God provided me with everything I needed. I didn't even know it at the time. He's given me his word. His word is meat. His word is milk. His word is honey. His word is gold. His word is silver. I mean, everything I needed, God gave me through 
His Word. He provided everything. His Word is a lamp. His Word is fire. His Word is bread. His Word is milk. His Word is honey. His Word is seed. His Word is a mirror. His Word is light. His Word is fire. His Word is the sword of the Spirit. And God gave us everything we need to get to the destination He has sent us on. Let me say thirdly this morning that God also gives us power. I'm telling you something. The Bible said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. I'm saying this to you that they didn't have a 250 horsepower heaven rooted to the back of that boat. I'm telling you they didn't have that. But if they didn't have the power of God working in and through their lives, they weren't going to get nowhere get anything done. In the book of Acts chapter 2, he said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Can I say something to you this morning? The church has, God has told the church to get in the boat, the gospel boat of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. God said, I want you to head to the other side. He said, you're not going to sit there with a 250 pound. He said, you're going to have to put some work and some labor. The Bible talks about laboring in Christ. We are co-laborers with the Lord and they've got instructions. They've got a destination to get to. And how's he, how you doing? Good. good. All right. They're paddling. Amen. That's good. But I'll tell you what, let me tell you, in do with power, can I say something to you? Never try to do God's work in the power and energy of your own flesh and your own mind. I'm telling you right now, that's why churches die. That's why I'm, people try to do the work of God in the power of the energy of the flesh. It will never work, never has worked, and never will work. And I'm going to tell you something in this church. If you want to see God do something in this church, you pray for the power of God to be in the midst of this ship while we're tolling and while we're rowing. If you have the power of God, things will get done. But let me say, fourthly, before I get into the way of introduction here, that God, we'd have to have persistency in toiling and rowing. You just don't row for 30 seconds and say, I'm done and I quit. They just didn't get out there for an hour and say, well, I'm getting tired and I'm going to quit. Jesus never one time told them to quit rowing the boat. He said they're going to toil in the rolling. The Bible teaches us that we need persistence in it. Can I say something to you today? One of the great curses on Christianity in America is a lack of persistency. It's just like we can come and go and do what we want to when we want to. And if we want to quit or change direction or do something different, we can do it. But we need per persistency. In verse number 48, he saw them toiling in rowing. I'll tell you, when God sends us, God will provide for us. God will give us power. God will give us provision. But God expects us to have persistency, to be faithful, to continue in doing what God has sent us in the life. Now, I'm not going to just apply this to the church. I'm going to apply this to your marriage. I'm going to apply it to your business. I'm going to apply it to your work. I'm going to apply it to the every area of your life. Can I tell you, there are biblical principles that apply to every arena of your life. Uh, I, I don't know how you remember this, but in the movie, Ben-Hur, which I personally think is one of the greatest human books ever written. How many members of the scene where Charlton Heston's in there rowing? As the slave galley. Anybody remember that? Y'all don't remember. Y'all ain't watched Ben Hur. Shame on you. Anyway, they got a guy up there on the front, and these guys are rowing. We're going to get into some things. Just a question. He's got this here thing he beats on, and what it is a timer. Now I want you to notice something. Can anybody tell me what's wrong with what they're doing? You're not in time. All right. Oars up. Oars up. Out like this. Put them out like that. Peter, if you don't do doing better, I'm going to get somebody. Will. <laughs> There you go. All right, and you're ready. You got your oar. Nope, other way. Got to go like that. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. We're all learning, right? Okay, here you go. Oars up. Oars down forward. <laughs> like that. Like that. There you go. You're getting ready to go. Like that. Like that. All right. Oars. All right, forward. Row. 
together. Come on. This is what's wrong with most churches. This is what's wrong with most families. All right, roars up. How many has ever watched team rowing? It's a fascinating thing to watch. You've never seen anything like it. They train them. They absolutely are instantly in time with each other. They're in, you know what the Bible said? When the church was in one place and one accord. Nobody's swinging their paddle at a time they want to do it. It's when God says to do it, and there's a captain of this gospel ship, and his name is Jesus Christ. And whether you like it or not, he's got a guy named Reg Kelly who's the pastor, he's the under-shepherd, and he sends orders through me to tell these guys, oars up, down, row, together. You're getting better. You're getting better. You're getting better. How many, how many of you think you're a better roar than the guy in front of you? God, God sent you here today, buddy. All right. Can I tell you, that is a serious problem in the church. I can roar better than you can. I'll show you how I can do it. Pride. Toiling in a... Oh, this is going real good. This is going real good. But when he's up there, and that old boy would have, now watch this. They'd have just, he was up there hitting this deal with, with hammers. Boom, boom, boom. And they were to roar. That was to keep them in time together. Well, that ship would be, you, can you imagine how much energy is wasted by not oaring together? That ship would go. Instead of going like this. But there's times when they would be coming in, watch this, to battle. There'll be times when the church comes into spiritual battle and he would say, oars up. And he would put it down, oars down. Battle speed. Boom, 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 boom. And then pretty soon, ram speed. Boom, 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 boom. There has to be unity. There has to be power. There's power and unity of rowing in a church together. Those disciples are a picture of the believers in a church laboring for the Lord, being sent out to a lost and dying world that needs help. But if we got a bunch of guys, now watch this. Now here's an interesting thing. I just throw this at you. Did you know that in the old rowing days, they would not, they would not let, this was, okay guys, let me see how we're going to do here. Hang on. Watch this. This is truth. In the old rowing days, all right, guys, you, you just don't look back here. Look straight ahead. In the original rowing competitions, as I understand it, the captain was always in the back where they couldn't see him. Not only that, they were rowing that way, not that way. They were, watch this, they were rowing in faith that the captain would give them directions on how to row. And if they didn't follow instructions, they would not get where they got. This was to keep them from being distracted and being full of fear. Did you know that for 42 years I've rowed and a lot of times I said, God, where in the world are we going? But I had to trust him. And he said, Reggie, left side. All right, guys, left side. Left side. Everybody left side. You all know left and right. <laughs> left side. There you go. Left side, everybody. How many knows what's going to happen? He's giving directions to make that boat. Y'all ain't figured out what left side is. Right. Left side. Your left side. Your left side. Your left side. There you go. All right, paddle. All right, time together. <laughs> 
right. Now I'm going to give you an illustration right here. They're paddling. And you know, which one, Brother Josh, which one is this in here? What's your name? Huh? Elijah. Elijah. Wow, I love Elijah. Now, Elijah, how old are you? Eight. He's eight. How old are you? Nineteen. Nineteen. Did you know how many know there's a difference between somebody's eight-year-old and nineteen? I'm not going to come up here and say, get out of that seat. You ain't paddling right. You're not keeping up with them guys. Can I tell you something? You can be able to say 40 years, so long as you think you know what rowing's all about. But there may be people in this church who've just been saved a couple of years. They're not, they're not just sure what they're doing yet. They're just paddling. But you're willing to paddle. There's a lot of things in you you get to think about. Hey, you know, how are we going to treat fellow guys? Oh, yeah. Do you know you got your paddle turned backward? Oh, we're going backwards. Okay. But here's a great truth. This, when, I, when I got hold of this, it just really struck me funny. Those guys are paddling. Watch it. They're paddling backwards. They can't see where they're going. Only by faith in the person who's given them the instructions. All right. Right side. There you, well, we're, oh, this is looking good. This is looking better. All right. Travel speed. Oars up. Paddle. All right. Now, they may say, Lord, where are you taking us? Some of you have been saved recently. Some have been saved last year or two. And you don't know where the Lord's taking you. Did you know the night I surrendered to preach, Danny and I fell on my knees and said, God, flag's up. Here it is. I had no earthly clue. You know what I really figured? I'd be in Timbuktu somewhere. Made me never see my family much in my life. I didn't have no clue. I was, fought, I was oaring backward, not knowing where the future was going to take me. Can I tell you today, if you're in the gospel ship and you're paddling, you may be not knowing where God's going to take you. You may be wondering, Lord, where am I going? I'm sitting here in church and what do you want me to do? What, what's happening in my life? Now, guys, do whatever you do. Do not stop oaring. What did I say? Oaring? Paddling or whatever you want to call it. Now, Going to get into it and we'll get you out of here. Number one, when should the church be row rowing? Totally rowing. Number one, when everything is against you. Look at your Bible. It said there in verse 46, when he had sent them away, he departed the mountain to pray. When even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea alone, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the, watch this, the wind was contrary unto them. You know when God wants you to keep rowing? This is important to me. As I said, I've pastored 42 years, and I've seen a lot of people get tired of rowing. Winds got contrary. Things got contrary in life. Can I tell you, when you're going to get in the gospel ship of Jesus Christ, there's going to be some troubled waters and some troubled winds in your life. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you right now, everything against you. I want you to see. You say, oh, I'm going to get saved and serve God. This is going to be strawberry paths and picking cherries off of cherry trees. This is what serving God is like. This is what getting in the gospel boat is like. And God didn't tell you to do what, what's gonna to happen to you whenever your friends leave you because of your stand for Jesus Christ. When they say you're crazy, when they say you're a fanatic, whenever you've lost family members because they disagree with your faith, disagree with the position and stand that you take on issues. When the winds get contrary to you, you're, gonna, you're just going to pop it. AJ, I want you to just do something here. I want, you, I want you to take that paddle and throw it. Don't hit the piano, but just throw it. Just throw it. Get up and walk off. 
I've seen this happen so many times, make your head swim. AJ, don't leave, buddy. We're going, we ain't done. <laughs> but what, I, want you, I, want to, I want you to think, I want you to think deeply in your heart. What happens to the ship when somebody says, I'm throwing my paddle away and I'm leaving? What's, what's going to happen to these boys? They're going to have to pick the slack up. You got it right. You better think about what you're doing before you decide to throw your paddle in the water. You better think about that God, that never one time did Jesus say, now if you get tired, guys, just throw your paddle in the water and walk out of the ship. Jesus is the one who walks on water, not you. He gave you out of the boat, amen. All right, AJ, I need you to come back up here. But what I'm saying is when the winds are blowing, it gets contrary. What about when your finances blew out? I mean, unexpected bills come in, you don't know how in the world you're ever going to pay them. What about when your friends left you? How about when your family left you? What about when your health goes to pot? What about you had all these things you're going to get done, and all of a sudden your health goes crazy, and you, all of a sudden doctor bills and hospital bills and anesthesia bills. It starts stacking up, and the winds get contrary. But winds has a deeper meaning than even that in the Bible. The Bible said to watch out for the winds of false doctrine. And when you're in the ministry, you've got to watch out somebody come in and start telling you all this stuff and lying to you about this and lying about this and saying the Bible says that and when don't say nothing like that at all. And they throw false doctrine at you. I'm telling you something. You're going to have to keep rowing and stay in the boat and keep paddling and be consistent and have persistency in your life and endure in your life. God has not called you to quit when the rowing gets tough. What about in your marriage? And the winds get bad. Has anybody besides me and Karen ever had it out? You're all still on honeymoon. What about when your marriage gets tough? Sorry, Van. Wonder what happened. I've often thought about what happened. My mom and dad split up, Danny. Where would I be today? I've seen my mom, I've seen my mom and dad not happy with each other. Hey, is that not right? Yeah. But I'm glad they stayed it out, amen? I'm glad dad never said, I'm, I'm throwing my paddle away. I'm out of here. I'm glad mama never said, I'm throwing my paddle away. Some of you in here today, you, may, you better, I tell you, God got you here today for a reason. God got you listening for a reason. You fix and throw the paddle out of the boat. I'm gonna, I want to give you some courage. You have a business, and business is tough, and it just seems like it's not working. You know what you really need to do? Just keep paddling. You know what happened to you after a while? You'll paddle out of the storm. <laughs> you will. Just, I, I, I'm telling you the truth. Stay in there. Don't throw in the towel when it's tough in your business. You say, I wanted to have a business. That's been my dream. I believe God's in this, but it's not working. Hey, stay in the boat. Don't quit. Don't throw your paddle away. Let God take you through the storm. When you're in the storm, can I say something? That is no time to throw your paddle away. There's no time to throw your paddle. Did I get somebody's paddle? Okay, all right. All right, here we go. Uh, you pray for me that I stay behind my notes, all right? And not get, but your health can go. Your friends can go. Your brethren can go. Your finances can go. The world will be against you. Contrary winds all the time blowing against you. The wind of false doctrine. Can I tell you something that's going to blow you away? There was one false convert in the boat. There was a Judas in the boat. Everybody you're walking up to ain't real. Everybody you're walking up to ain't got the right motives. Are you rowing the boat or are you going to quit? The Bible said, now I want to ask you something. I do not read of any of them quitting, but I want to ask you this. What kept them going? 
Watch this. There's a word. Watch words in the Bible. The Bible said he constrained them to get in the boat. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says the love of Christ constrains us. Caleb, you know what's going to keep you in the boat? Not being able to see where you're headed. Not that there's not winds. Love of the Lord. I want to tell you something right now. You know what? You know what can constrain you to say, you know, I'm tired. I'm actually sick of it. Hey, there's a reason 1,500 preachers are quitting a, a week in America. Uh, can I just, I want to tell you the honest truth today. 42 years of ministry this month, you know what's kept me in the boat? Not that I'm a strong Christian. I'm not. Not that I'm stubborn. I am. <laughs> but that didn't keep me in the boat. Not that I'm just bullheaded. I am, but that's not what kept me in the boat. You know what's kept me in the boat? Love. I love the Lord. I, you may not think I do, but I do. I love the Lord. He loved me, saved me, blessed me up one side, down the other, give me a home in heaven, go give me a glorified body. I, I praise him for all eternity. He's been so good to me. Give me a reason for living. It's love. Can I tell you what's going to keep you in the boat of your marriage? Love. You know what's going to keep you going serving other people? Love. Love is powerful. Love will constrain you. You know what? I mean, you know what to keep you kids loving your mom and dad and doing right. You know, you know why you don't want to do right? Hey, young people, listen to me right now. If you're at odds with your mom and daddy, I'm going to tell you what your problem is. You don't love them. You don't love. You love yourself. You having problems with God? Your problem is not, not all this. Your problem is you don't love God. If you love me, keep my commandments. Love will constrain you to want to obey God. By the way, you know what love will do? Love will produce obedience. Glad, happy obedience. Not I have to, I want to. The love of God's what constrained those disciples. What in the world would make you get out there on that water again like that and the winds and waves are blowing and everything going on and, I, and, and you just say, you know what? I'm just going to stay with the ship. I'm just going to keep serving God. I'm going to st still love the Lord. Loving God will keep you in. Loving the Lord will keep you in when nothing else will. So that's the first thing. Whenever the winds, you say, Reggie, when do we need to keep rowing? When the winds are contrary. Brother Ben, Carson, uh, Carson, what, Cochran? Forgive me, you probably get mad at me for this. How, how long ago did you lose your wife? Three years ago. How many children do you have? Has five children. That little one's sitting next to him. Pretty contrary waters, ain't it, Ben? Wind been blowing pretty rough. Waves come over you. Wind blows. Why are you in church today? God hadn't been good to you. He took your wife. Love the Lord. You think you've had a bad week? Follow him around a week. You think you've had it rough? You think the wind's been on your life? I will tell you, I told a man this week, I said, in our church, there are so many people that have grief and sorrow in their heart that nobody knows about. But they just keep coming and they keep serving and they keep going because they love the Lord. Yes. Can I tell you something? If you, you're sitting here this morning listening to this message, you may hate my guts. I don't, you may say, I don't like the way you preach. I, the devil don't either. So you, you and him have it out. <laughs> but I want to tell you one thing. You better reach up into heaven today and say, God, I want you to give me. Yes. I want you to give me love yes. for you. 
that'll keep me paddling the boat when it looks like everything I ever tried and dreamed and wanted has fallen apart in my life. I'm going to keep paddling the boat because you never said to stop. You never said to jump out. You never said to throw my paddle away. You just said keep going. And Ben, I want to say to you, you keep paddling because God will, somewhere in the aisles of eternity, we're going to understand what God was doing somehow or another, I believe in my heart, Ben. I'm not trying to embarrass you and I ask you to forgive me if I have. But I tell you what, that, when I look at that, I said, God, how's that man keep paddling? If I was the devil, I'd try to torment you to death, day and night, of how bad God's been to you. I'm telling you something. My grandpa Rhodes, his wife died, had eight children. He was left with eight children up in Iowa. Married my grandmother Carrie, moved down here, started all his life all over again. And I want to tell you something, but God had a purpose in it. And I'm glad my grandpa kept rowing. You know what? You know why this church is here today? Because there's some people who keep in their seat and they keep her rowing. And they've rowed through storm after storm after storm after storm after storm for 42 years. And I'm going to tell you something. You may not like this message, but I do. Amen. I like it. Amen. You guys, anybody getting tired? No. All right. Amen. All right. I'm glad. It may be your family boat. It may be the church boat. It may be the ministry boat, the business boat. I don't know. But we need to be, the Bible said to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now I've got something to show you today. And I'm just, just to be nice, I'm going to tell you, rest your oars for a little bit. All right. How many knows, how many watch the geese fly over? Oh, I love to watch geese fly. How they fly, flock of geese in the V. I don't want all you preachers in this church to get up here. Come on, run, run, run. Everybody, all you preachers, come on. If you're here, is there any preachers here? Yeah, they're there. All right. All right, Zane Moore. I saw Brother, I saw Brother Atchison a while ago. Maybe he had to leave or something. I got one, two, three, four, five, six. I'll tell you what I need. Uh, Weston, where are you at? Oh, get over here for a minute. All right. He's a rowing the boat. You got any other preachers in here? Anybody want to be a preacher? Get up here. All right, now I want you guys to get in, two, in a V form. How many? One, two, three, four, five, six. That's good. Three on each side. All right, I want you to get there. You get back over there. I need you, I need you just like this. Come on, Danny. You get right here on the front, right here on Danny, right here. All right. Jeremy, get right behind him. V, v over there. All right, now guys, play like your geese. There you go. All right, here we go. Huh? Come on. Come on, Danny. All right. We're moving. Are you ready? Now, here's what. How many knows? How many's ever heard him honk? Yeah. How many knows it's never the front lead duck or goose that's honking? It's always the one behind. What are they doing? Danny honk. Now, how many knows this? That every once in a while, the lead goose goes back. You're the lead goose. Honk him. There you go. Amen. Preach it, brother. <laughs> did you? You guys did a good job. I'm going to go back to the house. That's good. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate that. That is a picture of this church. Wednesday night, my leg was so sore. My foot was so sore. My hip was so sore. I could not come. I want to tell you something. I got to be in bad shape for me not to come to church. I promise you that. And I called Van and I said, Van, I, I can't make it. And uh, 
Brother Michael was preaching. You know what? I was glad that when I had to, Brother Josh, when I had to move out of the front and go to back, I had a, I had a goose come up. <laughs> Don't be offended. <laughs> I had a goose come up. Amen. And he moved up the front. And it's been, I just love this because see, I mean, to be honest with you, 42 years and all the battles and all the wind and all the waves, I'm kind of weary. And God's sending all these preachers, you know what? And they don't try to usurp me and they don't try to tell me, you know, I don't like the way you do this, I don't like the way you do it. If they did, I'd tell them to get lost. I mean, I don't care. Amen. Amen. But you know what they say, Reggie, we're here with you right now. And they get behind me. And by the way, when you're out there in the congregation, y'all in the boat, if you're saved, y'all in the boat, it won't hurt you to say, Honk, honk. Amen. 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 Sick him, Reggie. <laughs> I mean, how many thinks that lead goose looked behind him and they're never honking? Come on. Hey, let's take it to the family. Daddy's up there. Honk, honk. Mama, if you're back here going, kids, let's just bail out. He looks behind him. Where's everybody at? I'm going to tell you something. There's Roman. (laughs) Roman, you just missed the goose flight. (laughs) But I'm telling you this. This is so important. It's the same picture. It's a group of people dedicated to a purpose heading somewhere and they're helping each other and they're being easy. By the way, I've been studying that a little bit. The, that wind current that comes off that lead duck or lead goose, it picks up and their wing flaps create a deal like this and it creates lift. And the wonderful part about it is when it gets to the back, it somehow another reverses and goes like that. And his lead makes their flight so much easier and they're able to retain strength and energy so that when it comes their time to get to the front, they've got strength and he goes back and he rests. He's just kind of flying along with the wind current. Hey, half the time, I'm just flying along with the wind current. Amen. I told a man this morning, I said, I'm just sitting around watching God do what he's doing. I don't know what's going on around here, but he's doing it. Amen. And I tell you what, I am so thankful for the men, the women, the families. I'm thankful for every one of you. You come in when you show up through that door, you know what you're doing? Honk, honk. That's right. When you pray, you're honk, honk. When you say amen, you're honk, honk. When you stand for the truth, it's honk, honk. And we're going on for God, amen. Oh, man, so we need to be sure that we keep, you guys, you're going to go back to Rowan. Now, they've been through the winds and the waves and the rain. Storm. Put that up again, guys, and then we're going to do something. I'll show you something else in here. The second time you need to keep rowing is when it gets dark. You may keep rowing when the wind's blowing and it's contrary to you, but what about when it's dark in your heart, dark in your mind? And you wonder where God's at. And God, I don't know where we're going. And God, we're in a storm. I want to tell you something. It would be bad enough in daytime for the wind. It'd be bad enough in the daytime for the thunder. It'd be bad in the daytime for the lightning. But you take all of that and stack upon that. You're in the dark. Jesus, why did you let us get in the dark in the storm? Right here is something important. 
probably everybody that's a true Christian in this congregation either has or are or will be going through a storm where the winds and waves are blowing and the lightning is flashing and thunder's rolling and you think that's bad, but all of a sudden here comes darkness in it. Now that's where you get Reg Kelly. Danny Dean Douglas, I watched you in the storm. I watched the waves and I'd say, God, I, I don't know what to do for him. He said, that's right, just pray for him. Be a friend to him, love him. And then Danny, I saw the darkness come in on your storm. God, why? God, what's going on? Keep rowing, boys. God never said you to quit rowing because it got dark. God never said for you to quit reading your Bible, to quit praying, and quit living for Jesus, and quit going to church, and quit witnessing, and quit loving because it got dark in your life. Please listen to me today. Please listen. It's not because of me. It's because of the Word of God. God has set forth before you a picture of real life, real Christianity. Real Christianity is not to walk through the park. Real Christianity is getting in the boat of the gospel boat of the church and rowing for God through winds and storms and trials and troubles and darkness and you don't know where God's at. But you just keep on rowing. You just keep on rowing. Joel, we can turn the lights back on. We're not in a bar, amen. <laughs> I'm not one of them churches. Now that was for the illustration of this sermon. Not, we don't turn the lights off and God is light, not darkness. So did anybody say, well, up here at Liberty Faith, they shut the lights off last Sunday. Yeah, we did. But I'm glad that through the storms and through the darkness, I've got a GPS system. This is God's positioning system right here. I'm glad that when it's dark, I've still been able to know where God's still getting the position. I'm still glad that when he said there in verse number 48, and he saw them tolling in a rowing, look at verse number 47, when even was come. You're going to have to keep rowing when it gets dark in your life. You're going to have to row yourself out of the storm. But I'm glad to tell you that in verse 48, he saw them. Can I tell you, I don't care how bad a storm you've ever been in, your Savior sees you. If he, I, if he sees the sparrow fall, every sparrow in Australia, Europe, America, South America, Africa, every sparrow God sees fall. God knows where you're at. Do you believe that this morning? He saw them through the darkness. He saw them through the storm. He saw them through the lightning. He saw them through the thunder. And God sees you today. And if it's in the future for you, God will see you. Now I'm going to tell you a little something. The Bible said next that he came to him. And he'll come. But let me be honest with you. They didn't know who it was. They didn't know who it was. They, said, they thought the spirit out there scared them. And Jesus said, be of good cheer, it's I. Can I tell you something? Now watch this. Boy, I tell you, when, when God flashed this light in my soul, I like to be at a Holy Ghost dance, amen. When did he come to him? In the fourth watch. In the fourth watch of the night. You know when the fourth watch of the night is? It's from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m darkest part of the night. Brother Terry, Brother Danny, Danny, you and I are in the fourth watch of the night. 
we're on the back end of our ministry. Yep. I want to tell you, I'm going to give a witness to God Almighty. On one side of my life, I've never had it so dark ever as I've had the last few years. I've never been in such a windstorm inside, externally going on around and so forth. Never. But I've never had Christ so close to me. Never had Christ so close to me as he is in the fourth watch. I'm heading on, Van, I'm, I'm in that fourth watch. And that's when he came to him. You keep rowing that boat, you'll find out that Jesus, and it gets darker and darker, you're going to find out Jesus is going to appear to you and be so close to you and so near to you and so dear to you in the, in the fourth watch of the night. I'm going to witness to my Savior today that he has shown himself, Brother Lonnie, and manifested himself in my fourth watch. You figure it out. I'm 70 years old. You tell me whether I'm in my fourth watch or not. And I'm telling you as a witness to my Savior, I've heard him say, it is I. Be not afraid. And he get in the boat, that storm cease. And I, I, told, I told a man this morning, I said, I'm just sitting around, I said, I've never in 42 years of pastoring saw a group of young people that'll meet together for prayer voluntarily. I didn't even ask them to and pray for the services every Sunday morning. I've never in 42 years of pastoring seen a group of young people and adults saying, we're going to cover Mountain Grove. We're going to cover Marshfield. They led two people to Christ Wednesday evening in Mountain Grove, Missouri. I have never seen a time like this in my life. I'm just sitting around watching God do it. But you know what I'm glad, Van? I'm glad I didn't quit paddling. I'm glad I didn't quit rowing. If I'd have quit rowing 10 years ago when 50 people left out of this church and all kinds of heinous nonsense going on, I'm glad I didn't say, well, I'm throwing my boat out and throwing my paddle away and I'd have never seen what we're seeing today. We are today because we kept rowing through the storm, kept rowing through the wind, kept rowing through the darkness. We are seeing God use this church more, uh, 10 times more than it's ever used. Yep. Yep. Now I'm going to give you a few things and we're going to let you, but number three, number three, you need to keep rowing to evangelize. If you read that passage of scripture, they, Jesus comes in the boat, they get to the other side and there's all kinds of people need help. Did you know what? If they'd have quit, watch this. If they'd have quit rowing, people, people wouldn't have got Jesus. They would have touched Jesus. You know what? We need to keep rowing this boat, this gospel ship so people can get a hold of Jesus. I mean, you know, Brother Terry, if we'd just all throw the boat away 10 years ago and throw the paddle away and say, well, I'll tell you what, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's, how many people would not be saved today? I mean, we had 17 saved at one camp meeting. Don't talk to me about this. I, I, I know we're not the greatest church on earth, but I'll tell you what, it's the, it's the one I serve in and love. And I'll tell you, God's blessed us. I mean, last week we had a, a picture of a man show up on a deal. A young man in New Zealand got saved through the ministry of this church. I've never seen nothing like it in my life where God is using us. But you know what, Brother Kime? If I'd have got all blowed out and been out of shape and said, well, I'll tell you what, that's the way people's going to be. And I'm telling you right now, you better, you better get your eyes off of people and off of stuff and keep your eyes on Jesus. And you better keep putting that paddle in the deal. And you better keep rowing your boat. And I want to warn you that if you don't, you will miss the best things you could have ever seen in your life. What scares me is if I had to throw the boat paddle out there, I'm done. I'm just glad God just kept me in the boat. Amen. Now, we're going to have some experimental things here. You boys doing all right? I tell you, they're paddling. I bet you they're praying. Lord, help him not to preach too long. Lord, help him not to. 
But you know what they, say, they claim? There's about three mile distance. They told all night in three mile. <laughs> How many of you feel like you're not getting anywhere? <laughs> Boy, I just ain't getting nowhere. Oft times the day seems long. Our trial's hard to bear. We're tempted to complain, to murmur and despair. But there is one in heaven who knows our deepest care. Let Jesus solve your problem and go to him in prayer. And what's the verse? It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see what that boat did eventually? It brought Jesus to the people that needed him. Do you know who he sent to send, bring Jesus to this world? The church! Yeah. The believers to bring Christ to a lost and dying world. And I'm telling you something. I'm glad that we kept, they kept rowing because when they got the other side, they had a revival breakout. Amen. And if we'll keep paddling our boat and we'll stay in the boat, they ain't no doubt what God will let us see. Amen. Oh, but I tell you what we got to do. We got to, Van, I, I, I'm going to talk to some of you today. Van, I want you to keep rowing the boat of Camp Joy. There you go. Thank you. All righty. Now, Jim, I want you to keep rolling that, that Facebook page. Ain't very big paddle, but it'll get you there if you're woe hard enough. Oh, he pulled it out on me. Look at that. <laughs> Do you know what people, I'm going to tell you something, Van. Has the devil ever told you you ought to quit? Yeah. Every devil ever told you to waste your time? Nearly every day. You're going to have to keep paddling. So we're going to have to keep rolling boat to Camp Joy going. Gabe, where are you at back there? Gabe, I want you to keep paddling. I, I've got one. Uh, Gabe, by the way, you need this one. <laughs> oh, you can't see this here? <laughs> Woo, mercy sakes a lot. Here, Gabe. I want you, this is your paddle. I don't know who, whoever's brought this up, you'll have to claim it yourself, all right? That belongs to somebody, Gabe. But for, for example, Gabe, I'm going to tell you something. I don't want you to ever forget. You keep rowing the boat. Sometimes you're going to be going backward and you can't see where we're headed or why. Why would he say left side, right side, left side? I'm going to tell you something. God's going to do something. You watch what I tell you. You watch what I tell you. You keep your spirit and your attitude. I'll tell you, heaven will write the last chapter. Amen. You keep rowing that boat of Christian education. Amen. Then Joel, my friend, you keep rowing that boat of the Holy Land Project. Amen. You keep paddling the water and you keep rowing. Yeah. Joel, it might be that some of your children will see the fruitation of your vision. I don't know. But whatever you do, you keep rowing the boat. Amen. Oh, Brother Glidden, where are you at? Brother Glidden, you got a paddle going around this place, and I tell you what, it, it, yeah. and that's singing with them kids. 
that we heard this morning. I want you to make sure you keep that rowing boat, would you? Don't get ticked off someday and say, well, I'll tell you what, I don't know. I think I'll just quit with them children. Them children need for you to keep your paddle, your paddle in the water. Keep rowing in the boat. Jason Waltice down in Mexico. I want you to know something. We're up here paddling. Amen. We're paddling behind you, Jason, Desiree. Keep your paddle in the boat. Keep your paddle in the boat. This church, I encourage everybody in here, if you feel like this is where God wants you to worship at, put your paddle in the deal and you help us paddle, amen. amen. I'm telling you something, get in there. Tobias, where's he at today? Anyway, Tobias, you here anywhere? I don't see him, but I'll tell you what, Tobias, God gave you a vision. There he is. He gave you a vision of 70 people. As far as I'm concerned, there is no greater ministry going on in this country than what you're doing right now. By visiting every house and every town in the southern Ozarks, you tell me a ministry that's more important than that, and I'll eat your dirty socks. Amen. Don't you let the devil tell you. Don't you let get weary. You say, God, I need 70 paddlers. Yes. Amen. You get 70 people paddling an evangelism boat. Boy, I'm going to tell you, we need to keep the, the boat, the paddles in the boat of our Facebook. I know Facebook's rotten as tomatoes, but I, rotten tomatoes. But I'm telling you something, we're out there where people are at. We're reaching people that needs the gospel. We're trying to take Jesus to the other side. We need to keep on the internet. We need every way, passing out tracts, doing everything we can, bringing people to Jesus, bringing Jesus to people. The ship of your marriage. And I'm going to say this to you. There's a number one brief cap and we're going to get out of here. There's, you need to keep rolling when time seems like that everything's been against you. Number two, keep, keep paddling when it's dark and you don't know where you're headed to. And when you can't see the Lord, walk by faith. As I said, number three, keep paddling. Keep your oar in the water because people, Jesus needs to be brought to people. Those are the things today. I'm so glad that God has given me grace. I'm so glad to be in church today. Now here's some things about rowing that I want to do before we close. Uh, Weston, old Judas, <laughs> that's terrible, ain't it? You just get up and go up there. Here, wait a minute, the paddle stays with the boat. Watch this. You can't row if you're not here. And when I say here, I'm talking about, you know, just pretty dependable church attendance and involvement in church and doing things. You, you, if you're not in your seat, how are you going to row? <laughs> I mean, you, you're just going to have to do that. Uh, secondly, let me say this. Praying is rowing, toiling. Praying is work. You can go back to your seat there, Weston. All right. I'm, I got something to do today. I got to think about the people that rode and toiled and labored in this church. Y'all don't like this? You talk to God about it. I was in my study yesterday and then I tell you what, oh, I just like the Holy Ghost. I want Sandy Franken to come here. Sandy. Sandy Franken has been rowing the boat up here working in school. She worked for, no, she worked for nothing for years. Just because she loved God. Amen. The love of God constrained her. Sandy's a little gift from the church. I want to tell you, I appreciate you rowing in the boat. I want Linda Fleetwood. Where'd you go, little Henry thing? Come here, let Sister Linda. I'll tell you one thing, you talk about a boat rower. I don't want to be in the boat much with her. She'll wear anybody out. Call me mean. 
call you mean? Well, you broke your, broke your heart. Well, I, Jay no. told me to call you mean. No, I'm just not. Linda, you're a boat rower. Thank you. I'm going to tell you, the church appreciates you. And we'll buy much in Biden's inflationary society, but it'll help you a little bit. Hey, hey somebody else. Hey, somebody. Hey, somebody else. And you know what? And I, but they somebody been rowing the boat. And even this morning, oh, I need copies. Sister Connie, friend, why don't you come up here? You talk about a boat rower. Mercy. Say the line. Hey, we've got camp meeting coming up. How many boat rowers do you think makes that happen? <laughs> a bunch of boat rowers. Connie, you've been rowing a boat here at church for a long, long time. And I pray God will reward you. But I'm telling you, God brought you my mind. That, that, he said, don't you forget, Connie, friend. I appreciate you. Well, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. I want to say this to you. Security team. Yeah. Alan, you back here. He's asleep. That, wake up, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, all you guys brings your guitars in on Sunday morning. <laughs> Shouldn't have said that, should I? I appreciate the security team. Or if they didn't want to come up here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, let's give them a hand. Amen. I'm glad I, I'm glad I come into church and know somebody's at the door. Amen. I'm glad I, I'm glad they go somebody meet some idiot. By the way, you idiots, it's not a safe place for you to be at. This is not a gun-free zone. <laughs> Amen. I'll tell you what, all you cleaning girls, where's all them cleaning girls at? All you cleaning girls. I ain't got no money to give you, but you help clean. Stand up if you are. Where you, they're rowing the boat. You can help clean this church. Stand up. Stand up. You're rowing the boat. I appreciate it. Is Lydia, is Lydia here this morning? She's not here this morning. I want to tell you something. One of the most tender moments I've ever experienced as a pastor was when they were done with the carpet and putting the chairs back in here. She was up, Lydia was up on that stage over there taking a, 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 a clean, cleaning, damp cleaning, what do you call them things you pull out of the thing? Going over every chair on her knees. And I stood over here and I saw Lydia doing that. And the Holy Ghost said, Reggie, this is what makes this place work. People who are willing to get on their knees and clean chairs so people have a good, clean place and, and you know, disease-free, hopefully, you know. That's why some folks don't sit on the front, right? They don't get the disease. But there are people laboring. What was Lydia doing? She was rowing in the gospel boat. Can I tell you something? Get in the gospel boat and row. That may be you praying out there at your house and nobody ever knows it. I don't know. It don't have to be seen by me or anybody else, but God knows what you're doing. Oh, listen, those who teach classes, you know what you're doing? I want to tell you something about kids. They may not remember what you taught in class so much, but they'll remember your spirit and your love and your goodness and your truth that you gave them. You wouldn't believe how many people through the centuries have said it was a Bible teacher when I was a child that laid the imprint of Jesus upon my heart. And so I'm just saying these things, the security, the rate recording and broadcast. All you guys back, I don't know who's on vote, but I want you to give them a big hand because if it wasn't for them, this would not go out. You say, what, you say, what are they doing? They're rowing their boat. They're rowing their boat. If you would have told me 10 years ago 
that God would be doing what he's doing now? Yeah. I said, I can't see that. I'll be honest with you, this is honest truth. Dean Martin, you sorry, low down, wicked thing. You ought to get to church. <laughs> he's my buddy. Dean always said over here about right there. Wall was right there. Brother uh, Rice talked to me once. He said, Reggie, we need room, didn't you? He said, Reggie, we need room. And only what, you know what part of my problem was? I wasn't sitting out here. I wasn't the one scrunched up like this who couldn't move right or left. I need about five foot seating area. And God finally showed me, and this honestly, you remember, I prayed about it. And some guys had mentioned this to me. And I was like, dear God, I don't want to build again. I don't want to build again. And God says, got a dirt. So I got to hope we figured out and knock this out. This is God's witness. Dean, you can tell the truth on this. I told Dean, I said, boy, Dean, I hate to do this, but I feel God wants us to. We need it. And Dean said this, I'll never forget it. He said, Reggie, you will no more get that done and it'll be full. Yep. I said, how you got that kind of faith? He said, I'm telling you, you knock that wall out, build that on, God will fill it. Yep. I said, well, Dean, let me tell you how much faith I got. I'm going to put a curtain up there so if there's nobody here to fill it, I can pull the curtain. <laughs> he says, you ain't going to need no curtain. Hey, Dean, been rowing the boat with me a long time, buddy. Hey, Don Zinn, you've been rowing the boat with me a long time. I may not miss you, Jerry, Brother Lawson. You've been rowing the boat a long time with me. Brother Terry, there's so many people in here. Ed Walters, you sorry low-down thing. I love you people. You've been rowing with me a long time, and I want you to know I appreciate it. Okay, I want you to do... Well, these guys are faithful, ain't they? Uh, I want you to do something. I want you to get up, knock him out of his seat. <laughs> he took that literally. All right, I want you to turn around and hit him with your paddle. No, don't do just, just kind of go around. Raise your paddle up at him. This is church. <laughs> this is church. <laughs> now the captain has to come back. Hey, quit that fighting among yourselves. And you have a fit. Now I'm going to tell you all a great truth about spiritual Christianity, truth, gospelship, church truth. You keep doing that. You keep that up. And God will make you think you quit and you didn't quit at all. He'll take you straight out of here. And you will go around saying, well, I just felt like I needed to leave. No, you didn't. God took you straight out of here because you know why? They're grieving and stopping the one accordance and the work of God and distracting and messing things up. And God will say, out. I'm going to ask you, if you were the captain of this team and these two boys would never got along and kept shoving on each other and picking on each other, would it not come a time when you say, I tell you what you boys need to do is find somebody, some other place. And, and you boys step out, leave your paddles there. I need two men. Refill it. I got three. <laughs> All right, you're all right, buddy. You, hey, come on up here. There may be another or two fall out. Who knows? <laughs> now, you listen to me. This is what happens. 
Now watch this. Watch, watch this. He's going to let you have that, all right? Who's the best grower here? Would you act like it? Would you go? There, there you go. God will take you out. Yeah, come on. You think you're you think you're a hot rod? You keep that up and cause cause people to feel like they're nothing, and you're and if the sun the sun sets and rises just on you and what you're doing for God. God will take you out. Yes, he will. He'll set you on the beach over somewhere, and you can watch everybody else roll. I need somebody to take this proud man's position. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Love you. Where do my third, where do I need the man? Anybody volunteering? I got, oh, I've got three or four coming. Here, here's a young man. Let me get this young man. I got one, but you stay on deck, okay? You stay on deck. All right. Now, I want to ask you, can you all paddle together now or not? All right, I want you to do this. Arms up. Left side, right side. You guys on that side, you guys that paddle out that side, okay? There you go. Right over here, buddy. Just like that. Yeah. Now, I want you to watch this very carefully. I'm going to give you a spiritual truth. All right, now, what I want you to do, what's your first name? Gregory. Gregory. Gregory, I'm going to ask you to give me a, can you give me a cocky look? Yeah, there you go. Can you give me a, like a disgusting look? Yeah, there, but you're good. All right. Gregory, now we're going to give some orders and everybody else obey, but you don't. Okay. And then I want you to give me that, like you look at your... All right, oars up, down the water. I said oars up, down the water. If you love me, obey my commandments. Now you listen to me very carefully, you don't get anything out of this message today with this. How many knows what's going to happen to this guy? Oh, you're out. Now hold on. You know how? It, you go ahead and lay your paddle down. Gregory, thank you. You did a good job too, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. Now, on deck, here's, here's what I've learned over the years. That if you're going to be disobedient to the plain uh, uh, commandments of God, you're going to have an obstinate attitude and you're going to smirk up and say, I'll tell you what, yeah. Reggie may look at it that way, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. You better look what the Bible says. Because if you don't, you keep being, you, you be disobedient for five or six years and have this. Yeah. You'll find yourself in Lapland somewhere. You don't even know where you're at right. or why you're there. Obedience to God. You, you know what God said about obedience? It's better than sacrifice. God would rather you obey him than give money to this church. God would rather you obey the Bible than to do all kinds of stuff, than clean the church or anything else. Nothing compensates for, diso for disobedience. Nothing. You can't be nice enough, good enough, work hard enough to compensate. I mean, that guy may have been a good peddler. He may have been a skilled worker, but if he's going to be disobedient and cocky and arrogant and all that kind of stuff, God's going to say, listen, we're going to put another team man in. Yeah. I've watched God do this. Yeah. I've seen good people yeah. get, get sideways of God. 
tall and rowing. Well, 1219, I'm done. Here's one I ask you a question. You say, Reggie, how could I be on the team? Number one, you've got to get saved. Amen. You've got to get saved. If you're not saved, you need to repent of your sin, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, receive him as your Savior. Yeah. But for those of you, this is a message to the church today. Can I tell you something? You want, to, you, want to, you want to get more out of your Christianity experience? Figure out a way to serve God. Amen. Figure out a way. God, I want to be in the gospel ship. I want a paddle in my hand. And I'm going to be willing to toil in rowing when the winds are contrary and when it's dark because we've got to get the gospel, Jesus, to the other side. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, i tell you what let's do. Somebody think of a hymn to sing and we're going to go home. Anybody got one? Boy, you're about all like me, just brain dead. Let's stand.